0: Welcome back to the show. We're excited to have Dr. Pamela Fox joining us here again today, our owner and chief empathy officer. Yes, she's an entrepreneur, clinical director, certified clinical trauma professional, licensed clinical social worker, psychotherapist, social work supervisor, life coach, pastoral counselor at Synergy Counseling and Coaching Center, and of course, Foxfire Outreach Ministries. There's so much to the work that she does. She's joining us again here live from Arlington, Texas, and we want to welcome you back to How are you? I'm
1: doing well. Uh, Just to let you know, today is Monday, February the 26th, and it is 90 degrees. (sighs) You're kidding.
0: God bless all. Texas. Oh, my goodness. A little bit chilly in New York. It's, it's like 50 degrees here today. Well, um, amazing. Well, pleasure to have you back here. A woman thank who wears you. many hats. And I know today we're going to focus on the financial coaching aspect of what you do. Uh, but let's get an overview, if you don't
1: mind, Dr. Pam. Tell us a little bit about yourself uh, to start. I would say just to share with the audience, and I thank you for that introduction, Jill, uh, that uh, I've been doing the work that I've been doing for a long time. I am an older adult. I call myself an OG I'm <laughs> from the South side of Chicago. They say back in, on the South side, it means the original gangster. Uh, but for me nowadays, it means old grandmother. So I bring a lot of wisdom to the forefront in terms of the work that I do. And I, I thank you again for that introduction. Uh, but I would say t- just for us to consider in this new year, still 2024, still getting it ready to go into the third month of this new year, that we wanna uh, do more in 2024. We wanna be more. We want to pray more. We want to love more. We want to save more. We want to learn more in 2024. So that's the word that I would share with your audience today. Beautiful.
0: Beautiful. Thank you so much, OG. I love it. And it's (laughs) PamelaFox.net, right? P-A-M-E-L-A-F-O-X.net. You mentioned tax season is upon us. Yeah. yeah, Go ahead.
1: Uh, we're, my husband and I are in the process of preparing our taxes right now, and it can be a very onerous thing, but it is necessary. And so I will share with the audience, because I know that in my practice, my private practice, that a lot of my clients, especially our married, my married couples that I work with, have concerns about financial stress. And actually, financial issues can be almost like a top one or two issues for married couples and for couples in general in terms of sources of conflict. So the word I wanted to share with the public today, with the audience today, is some important things that they may find of interest as they prepare their taxes in this season, and as they think about stress reduction, stress management, and financial literacy.
0: Mm-hmm. Thank you. And a lot of people don't know, look, my mom passed away seven years ago, and, you know, love her, miss her, but one thing she taught me before she passed, like this is how you balance a checkbook. Like, I never balance a checkbook in my life. And like, there's so much that goes into it. And she showed me yeah. all the finances of her home. And at the time yeah. I didn't have a mortgage. And I'm like, yeah. whoa, oh, whoa. I'm like, but how did bro. this happen, mom? And why did you why did you get a reverse mortgage? I don't understand this concept. Well, yeah, well, so there's yeah. T- teach us. And a lot of the young generation, I'm not young, I'm 46, but I don't think they really understand finances today,
1: right? Right, right, right. And so that's why, again, this topic is so vitally important to all generations, to the older adults who are retiring, who are already retired or in the process of retiring, and to the young people just entering into the workforce or into entrepreneurship or going to college, they need to be mindful about the importance of being a good financial steward. So a couple of tips I would bring to the audience for their, for their information is uh, the importance of having uh, a budget, having a budget, having some sense as to what your revenue is and what your expenses might be. So you can kind of on a monthly basis, even weekly, monthly, ideally writing it down, creating a spreadsheet in that regard so that you know what your inflow is and what your outgo is. And it helps you keep things in good working order. Something else that's been recommended very highly by um, financial professionals is to have an emergency fund. You never know when the car is going to break down. Or you never Mm -hmm. know when if you're in your house and something furnace or air conditioning or something breaks down. Or you have to have the plumber come out because your toilet is not working right. So you want to have earmarked some dollars uh, for that emergency fund. Ideally, as much as you can afford. The recommendation, if you can, based on your budget, is like to get to a goal of 10%. Um, but you may start like with a couple hundred dollars, five hundred dollars, thousand dollars. Hopefully, get to the goal of two thousand dollars if you can. So Those are a couple um, really of good tips. And keep that and in a separate fund. Do you do
0: recommend money. keeping funds in the bank? Uh, do you
1: prefer, you know, recommend keeping cash in the house? I mean, <laughs> if, if you have, if you have a safe in your house, a safe place or a lockbox, uh, you might want to keep it in the house because what if something happens at night and you can't get to the bank?
0: True.
1: Or you want to mm-hmm. go to the ATM at night, mm. and then you got to get the plumber to come out right away because the toilet is leaking all over the place. And you want to be able to pay him or her right directly if you can. So it might be wise, just for safety reasons and for in case there's a fire, to put your, um, if you have cash, in a lockbox or a safe if you have a home safe. And you don't tell people you have the money. It's not their business. (laughs) But you put that in that safe place for emergency. Good to know. And
0: you mentioned 10%. 10% of what should we have? Of our salary? 10% of your
1: your salary, your revenue, whatever your revenue might be. Mm -hmm. Uh, Not everybody, there's a lot of what they call gig workers out there doing the best they can with what they are able to do, drivers, you know, driving around, trying to get people from point A to point B. They may not be punching a clock, but they are definitely trying to bring, on, bring home income for their family. So whatever you can do to try to earmark those dollars for that purpose, as best you can.
0: Got it. I like that little slush fund. We call it a slush fund here in New
1: York. <laughs> That's cool. That's cool. <laughs> what uh, but else? The, other thing, the other thing we have to be mindful of is how, how can we think about, Getting out of debt. So many people are in just high debt revenue situations, and they got the blues. So the recommendation is to, if you can avoid it, to try not to use credit cards because of the high interest rates associated with credit cards. So if you can, something percent.
0: To- <laughs> I just got a card. My my update in the mail saying your interest rates now up to twenty three point something percent.
1: I'm like, what? So you're paying for whatever that meal was, that lovely dinner you had. At 23 percent interest rate oh. the food is long digested it's gone yeah. but you still have to pay on that account so that's a real concern yeah and then for some of the young people they like all the designer this and designer that do we really need that stuff hmm. you know the designers are getting rich like nobody's business and the people who are buying those things those items wear out over time mm-hmm. and or they become unpopular it's like a fad thing so you so you have to be mindful about that too because that could be money that could be earmarked for the emergency fund so something to consider
0: all right good <laughs> loving this advice and everyone <laughs> if you are just tuning in dr pam fox can reach at pamelafox.net and we're talking today financial uh coaching yeah. of course is one of the many things that she can help you with
1: so another good thing that that people are suggesting uh just to be mindful about our our finances again being a good steward is to take your lunch to work what a concept so you don't have to eat out so much maybe you could eat out one day a week yeah but if you take your lunch to work then you know how much you spend on the meal and you can uh, drink water nothing wrong with water mm-hmm. <laughs> and then uh, you don't necessarily have to go out and buy that expensive coffee or whatever maybe once a week bring Do it in a thermos Bring it in a thermos. Or Good two job. thermoses if you need two coffees. <laughs> <laughs> or hopefully your office has a K-cup, but if not. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, So all of that goes a long way in it terms of, of great financial stewardship. We don't even think about it because in the course of a week, if you're buying out lunch all the time, you could conceivably spend, I don't know, $30, $40 a week depending yeah. on where you go. Plus you have to have gas money for your car. So is it gas money or is it the expensive lunch to be determined?
0: Yeah, and in yeah. New
1: York, if you're in New York City, lucky getting a sandwich for $20 each day without the drink. So it, it's expensive. It's expensive. So it really adds up. So if you if you do your budget, write, write it down, make it plain for you and for your partner, if you have a partner, or just for yourself if you're a single person, that you need to know what's coming in, what's going out. And then you'll be surprised, mind blown, about how much excess money you got that you didn't even know about. Wow. Yeah. Um, so it's a lot of good little tips that people need to be mindful of. The other thing you mentioned about your mom and just you know dealing with um, uh, taking care of business after someone passes away. I think it's important, especially for older adults and middle-aged people as well, to have a will. Yes. Have your paperwork in order uh, so people are not struggling over your assets, especially if you have real estate or have property, have a house or other assets. That people are not fussing and fussing (laughs) about what to do with this stuff, Mm
0: -hmm. because
1: sometimes what happens after the loved one passes away, that the family is in total disarray about who's going to get what, who's going to get this, who's going to get that, so forth and so on, because nothing is written down. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So write it down. Make it plain. Put it in the lockbox.
0: Let me ask you, does it, have to be, does it have to be notarized? I mean, some people don't have a official will with an attorney. Can you leave a piece of paper that's notarized? I've heard of a living will. I'm not sure what that means.
1: The living will has to do with um, who's going to take care of you if you become ill.
0: Oh, okay. Thank you.
1: Okay. So who's going to take care of you if you become ill? The traditional will, as we think about it, has to do with your financial resources. Mm-hmm. Who's going to manage your financial resources? And if you can identify in the will a um, an administrator, a person who's going to make sure everything is squared away, that would be a good thing. Because nine times out of 10, this thing may have to go to court, yep. especially okay. if you own property. Yeah. And so the court wants to know everything is squared away. And mm-hmm. so it's not a whole bunch of this, that, and the other there in the courtroom. So ideally, if one can find... Uh, pro bono, if your finances are limited, pro bono, low-cost lawyer who specializes in wills and and preparation of that regard, that would be the best way to go. If you can't do that and you have to just go with a notarized document and that's the best you can do, then that's the best you can do, but it might cause some controversy should it have to go to probate. court.
0: Very good to know. <clears throat> Got me thinking, I'm a mom of two, single mom. I own a home, even though there's a mortgage, and I have some savings, right? So I don't even have a will for my kids. Uh, to, what, what would happen if I pass? And they're right, too young.
1: Perfect. Oh, right, boy, oh, boy. So, so it all has to be written down. Okay. Thank so you. that that Because even if you, if you can think that sometimes even at the funeral, there's controversy. The funeral planning, mm-hmm. and then sometimes for some families, you see drama at the meal, the repast that occurs after the funeral. Mm-hmm. Or at the funeral, because people are like they're in their feelings, mm-hmm. they're upset, they're stressed, they're grieving, and depending on the nature of the relationship they have with the loved one who's now deceased, it can bring up some other feelings for them too so the more you dispel all that drama and trauma um before the fact that it's really a good thing for the for the person who's passed away and for the loved ones who have
0: remained
1: mm-hmm. so get your paperwork in order, in other words. Get your paperwork house in order. That's a good thing. Okay,
0: good. So, good, good, good. True.
1: But the other thing in that regard, too, that it's a really good thing to have in addition to the will and the living will. And uh, who's going to, in the case that you're not able to make some health care decisions, who's going to be your designee for that? That's a whole other document as well. But the other thing I would have the uh, audience be mindful about is about having life insurance.
0: Uh, and what life the, insurance that's confusing insurance. term and whole right because that's also tricky could you just share the difference with that since you are a financial coach it even can it, it so, get confused
1: so the term is just like it's just gonna basically pay for funeral expenses the whole life is going to give you more money to pay off more stuff like a whole life plan can depending on the purchase price and how much you invest into it Can pay off Mm -hmm. your house. But you have to have a health exam and all that stuff. You don't want to wait till you're like a million years old to get in stuff like that. So the term insurance, for the most part, is something like pays for funeral expenses or uh, cremation expenses. And then the whole life can pay off larger expenses. Mm -hmm. So that's important. The life insurance is important. And then health insurance is important. And especially as we get older, the long term care insurance. Long term care. If you get sick and you're not able to care for yourself, you don't have nobody to take care of you, super expensive.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Super expensive. You have to go to a nursing home, assisted living, memory care center, super expensive. And Medicare ain't going to pay for all that. Yeah. It's just not. So you have to have another plan. So you have to factor that into your budget as well.
0: Wow. And then I learned with my father my mother once they were over age. Then there's also not just the, you mentioned the insurance, and there's the supplemental insurance that goes along with it too, right?
1: <laughs> right. That's wow. a lot to consider as you get older, yeah. especially like, if, you're, if you're not going to work. Mm-hmm. And if you're dependent upon Social Security for the rest of your life after you retire, good luck with that. Because <laughs> the word, word has it that the fund, Social Security fund, may run out of money maybe, I don't know, 10, 15, 20 years from now. That's insane. And so, if you live longer than the typical age, like 75 or something, you live longer than that, then are you still going to have Social Security available to pay for your living expenses? Wow. So, young people need to be thinking about that, like in their 20s. -hmm. Like the what if scenario. Yep. What if there is no Social Security? Then what am I going to do?
0: Is that legal? <laughs> Can they really run out and not pay us? Is it not backed by like the government, by the banks? I, I, I never thought about that running out. I never even heard of that. But wow.
1: The government is the in a deficit situation. Yeah. <laughs> the only money they have is our money. True. The taxpayer's money. Yeah. So if the taxpayers, for whatever Runs reason, mm-hmm. some crisis happens, they don't have any money to donate to the cause. <laughs> and, and then the government's in a deficit situation. They're not going to have any money to contribute to uh, Social Security and other programs. Wow. And every, every tub must stand on its own bottom.
0: Yeah.
1: Meaning we're, we're going to be on our own. <laughs> not to scare people.
0: No, no. My goodness. So and we, let's just remind everyone, Dr. Pam, how we can contact you. Uh,
1: my contact information, the best way is through my website, which is www.pamelafox, all, all lowercase letters, one word.net. Again, that's pamelafox.net that correctly (laughs) yeah
0: oh you are on fire today continue this conversation I hope uh, we you know we're reminding people to remind the the younger generations or if you're the younger generation listening good time to tune in today because this stuff is important and
1: It's, it's very important it's very important the young people need to be thinking about talking about that that emergency fund so to the best of their ability while they're really working very assertively in the workforce They, to the best of their ability, should try to be saving uh, 15 or so percent toward their retirement. So even if they're in their 20s, they have a good job. They should be trying to really earmark money for that 401k or whatever the plan is that the employer has, or if they're self-employed, to earmark some dollars for the retirement fund because it's just the right thing to do
0: just curious, what what is the average amount? Say we retire at 65. Is there an average amount that we aim for in our 401k or in savings? Like what are, what is their recommendation on that? How do you know how much money you yeah. should have? I mean, it's probably different for everyone, obviously, but Yes. An average it's different amount, for everyone.
1: It's scary to think about. The, the <laughs> some of the some of the research says if you can do it, more than $100,000. Okay. More than $100,000. Most people don't have that. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. they're not thinking about, it. Mm-hmm. and that hundred thousand dollars is going to go fast. So you really need more than that. Mm-hmm. And some people who are really uh, into this whole financial stewardship thing, they have millions, yeah. of dollars earmarked in different funds because they they know they know what's up. Yeah, the
0: they smart know ones. <laughs> Oof! Wow. <laughs> oh my goodness! What are the tips out there? Now, let me also ask you this: You know, how does it work um, with retirement age? Is our retirement age now increasing, decreasing? What's the younger generation like? You know, because sixty-five was normal for us, right, in a sense, but now people are working depends later.
1: Depends on depends on your birth year. Oh, for full retirement, and you have to look it up under the Social Security website, but it's based on your year of birth. Okay. So if you want the full retirement, and if you have full retirement, you can still work. But if you want the maximum amount of money, then you try to hold off on tip it, dipping into the Social Security uh, fund. That's your fund. It's your money. <laughs> you try to hold off on that as long as you can. Got it. So for most people that were born, I think it's after 65, mm-hmm. that the retirement age for them, full retirement is 67 years old. Okay. The recommendation is for you to, if you can, to Got try it. to not mm-hmm. tap into that until you're seven. Okay. Then you get all of your money. You get the maximum amount.
0: Good tips.
1: Right. right. But that probably means you have to work till you're 70 years old.
0: Mm-hmm. <laughs> and you take that gamble, right?
1: A lot of us pass earlier, but you just don't know. You could be the lucky right, right, ones right, right. living to 100. Yes, but yeah. Okay. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, yeah. But some people say, well, I'll just retire 62. Uh-huh. So they retire at 62 or 64, and they're getting like 70%.
0: Okay.
1: And whatever you take at whatever age you take the money, that's all the money you get. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: There ain't no more money. You're not going to get an increase. You might get like a little cost of living increase or something, but it's not going to be a whole lot of money. So you have to be mindful about that. As long as you're healthy and able bodied and you're able to work, you should try to work as best you can, one day at a time.
0: (laughs) Got me worried today, but in a good way. It's a good panic.
1: It's good. It's meant to be thought-provoking. It really is. Some people are just not financially literate. Mm-hmm. They're not thinking about this. They're partying and having a good time and what have you and going out every weekend and so forth. And so there ain't nothing wrong with going out and having a good time. Mm-hmm. But you also got to be thinking about yeah. the what-if scenario. Yeah.
0: Mm-hmm. All right. Well, we still got five more minutes, Doctor Pam. What other groundbreaking uh, financial planning advice and coaching do you have to offer us? Because I'm on the edge of my seat. I'm
1: stressing people out right now. No, you are helping people out like myself. Yes. Uh, uh, The recommendation, too, I would say is, uh, if you can, uh, if you can do it, Mm -hmm. to try not to buy a new car. You buy a used car. Because once you drive the new car off the lot, it begins to depreciate. Yeah. The used car, if it's usable, you know, it's got Mm -hmm. life life still left in it. It's a middle-aged car. Yeah. (laughs) And it can still work and get you to where you want to go. Then that's probably the best thing for you in terms of your monthly car note and the car insurance. Mm -hmm. So just something, again, for folks to think about and to really work hard toward living below your means as best you can. You don't have to have all the glitz and glam and all that stuff because what's the point? You live below your need, means, and you don't have to tell all your buddies, your friends, yep. all this uh, that you're doing, because mm-hmm. it's not your business. You you share information on the need to know. True. If they don't need to know, then you have to tell them that.
0: Hmm. Hmm. Can I also suggest something? Can we put away a little money per week for like a vacation fund?
1: (laughs) Or that's not really, I mean,
0: because there's going to be a time where you want to go away or someone's going to ask you to go away. It's good to have a little fun, little nuggets of little funds. I noticed the other day on my bank account, I never noticed this before, but it's saying it's it's using something called buckets. Buckets. Mm Have you heard that that term? So you can put little buckets away for like a vacation bucket. I was like, oh, okay.
1: Yes. Yes, because for stress management, you do need to. It's not all work. -hmm. And no play, so you do have to earmark some dollars for vacation or girls' night or whatever you want to do because it helps you with your stress management.
0: Yeah,
1: you can't just work, 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 work all the time and become a workaholic. So you do have to have time to have fun with people. Good, that's the one thing. And see the world; it broadens your horizons when you Mm go around and travel to other countries and that kind of thing.
0: All right. All right, so we got uh, three more minutes left, Doctor Pam. What else do we have? Uh,
1: pay off your debts.
0: Uh huh.
1: I know a lot of people are struggling, especially since November, and I'm one of those people. Student loans. Hmm. Uh, but you got to pay the student loan, or you be in big trouble. <sighs> they got to pay that. Okay. That's a So you just work on that as best you can. You pay whatever they ask for you to do as best you can. There's a lot of different payment plans that's out there. And I think there's going to be some revisions to those plans as time goes on this year. I'm thinking that's what I'm hearing. So do pay your bills. Do pay your student loans without a a problem, with a goal down the road of having, if you can. I know it's a lot. It's a lot. Uh, And sometimes for some people, it necessitates that you have more than one job. Got it. You might have to have a job and a side hustle. Yeah. Or what they call mailbox money. That Whatever you do, you get a check in the mail. Mm-hmm. And that, that adds to your fund. So, uh, that paying off the debt thing is very important. And also, as time and funds permit, trying to earmark some dollars for, again, buckets, a different bucket that have to do with, uh, three to six months of your expenses. Got it. So, if something happens, then it's not like I'm going to lose it, that mm-hmm. I got three to six months of expenses. I can pay the mortgage, I can pay the rent, not a problem. Because you got that earmarked in that separate bucket.
0: Got it. And one quick question about the mortgage. If you have come into extra money, is it smart to pay down your mortgage or is it smart to invest that money? I always get confused with this one.
1: Because for people that have a house, the mortgage is probably the biggest bill that they have. If you can pay it off faster, that's a good thing. Because that thing is stretched out over 20, 30, 30 years. years. yeah. Yeah. High so interest rates. You, you, yeah. And so some years ago, people who had been in their house for a long time were like at 4% interest rate. Mm-hmm. And then they say, well, I'm going to refinance because I want to get something. They do that. And they wind up increasing their interest rate to like 6%, 7 8%. Mm-hmm. And so then their mortgage note kind of balloons. So the yep. faster you can pay that off with any extra money you have, the better off you're going to be. Because you're decreasing the amount of interest you're paying. Yeah. So that's a that's a good thing. All right. That's good.
0: Love these tips. Dr. Pam Fox, we got to start wrapping it up. Uh, tell okay. us how we can reach you. Great show today. Uh,
1: oh, and we're going to so talk uh, more about it next week as well, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Cause Great. I want to come back. because there, There's more to this oh, story. There's a lot. <laughs> and, and, and because again, we're in the taxis and people's ears are like really attuned to hearing more about fa- financial literacy and financial stewardship. I wanted to share more with the aud- audience come next week. But uh, in terms of contact information, again, for me, www.com. Um, PamelaFox.net. That's the best way to reach me. Uh, I have a private practice, as you've already mentioned, in Arlington, Texas. Uh, I'll give you, the audience, my email address as well. That is drpam at att.net. Again, drpam at att.net. Here to serve uh, the community, here to serve the public as a mental health and wellness uh, provider. And as a transformational life coach, Dr. Pam Fox, I have my shirt on, inspiring you to reach your full and highest potential.
0: Thank you so much. Hey, you have a fantastic day. And to all of our listeners, stay tuned. More of the show's coming right up. Have a fantastic day. Thanks again. Bye. Broadcasting from the business capital of the world, this is the Podcast Business News Network. Adopt US Kids presents Multiple Choice Parenting.
1: Your daughter just had her first breakup. Do you A. put yourself in her shoes?
0: How could he do this to you? And for Sheila, sh- she has split ends. B,
1: console her. Oh, sweetie, this is going to happen a lot. Four, maybe five more times before you get married. C, take charge. Got to get this all straightened out. Keep a little talking to, man to man, mano a mano. Hey, Steve. it's now a good time? No? Okay, no problem. Bye. Or D, help her find a new boyfriend. I know a great place to meet boys. The internet.